Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Our next guest who joins us courtesy of our friends at the Windstar World Casino and Resort. Great sponsors, great folks. It's the mighty Brian Broaddus from DallasCowboys.com. And maybe we start there, Broaddus. How are you feeling about that huge matchup of Florida this weekend? Well, first off, thank you, Windstar, for being with us on this uh, time. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, – I always feel better about games that are played in the evening in Baton Rouge. You know, I feel better about the situation with Joe Burrow and what he's been able to do at quarterback. You know, the offense has clearly opened up, and, uh, you know, they, they've now taken advantage of the skill players that they have. You know, Florida starting a, a quarterback that, uh, you know, has, had, has had a couple of starts. Now, not many throughout his career, though, so that's a, a little bit of a different challenge for those young quarterbacks to have to go into that environment and play. The noise level will be intense. You know, Florida's got a good football team. I don't think that there is – a big uh, an underdog is what people in Vegas, and usually you don't go against Vegas and what they believe. But I feel like this will be a tough game. You know, LSU's got to play better. Uh, you know, overall as in the defense, they've they've had some problems where they've had some lack of of uh, you know a lack of uh, concentration at times. They've allowed some teams to kind of move the ball on them and score, and and you know those are the things you can't afford afford in an SEC game, especially with two. Uh, teams that are, are pretty even in the way they play. I got to ask you a football question about a whole other league here, uh, and it's not college; it, it is pro. But uh, I saw Darren Ravel just tweeted: the XFL has just sent agents a prospective player salary information. Sure, and they're saying that the guaranteed pay on a standard contract will be one thousand and forty dollars a week. So thousand dollars a week, the max a guy could make, the highest paid player in the league could make just under $5,000 a week, which, hey, that's that's good money in sure. society and the world. But in terms of trying to get guys to risk their lives and their bodies out there, right? how hard would that be to, to not only find guys that aren't already playing football, but get them to play at these numbers? Well, yeah, it's, you know, some guys just don't want to give up the dream either. You know, they, they feel like that maybe if they if they have an opportunity to to play and to get on tape and and to uh, you know keep going, you know that's you know that that league is going to be evaluated. I remember when I was in scouting, you know uh, you know you had opportunities with other leagues, whether the CFL arena, wherever it was, guys playing for a little bit less money than that. It seemed like, but they were, you know, people just uh, players want to continue the dream, and you know maybe if they play well with the Dallas team or play well with you know the New York team or LA team, whatever, you know that they can get an opportunity to get into a camp the following year, you know, and then kind of keep that dream alive. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. It, it's, uh, because, you know, some, some guys, like I say, they just don't know when to give it up. They don't Okay. You know, I, I've told players before, it's like, man, you know, what'd you study in school? Well, I didn't really do much studying. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, what do you feel like you're good at? You know, and you kind of try and steer them in a direction where maybe, you know, the football dream's over with, but, that's one thing the XFL has allowed, you know, that uh, it's going to get exposure. It's going to be on TV. And, and then NFL pro personnel guys are going to have to evaluate the league. And, and maybe some of those guys will uh, 
will uh, uh, end up in NFL camps and in, on NFL rosters. All right, Broadus, let's start talking a little Cowboys from this standpoint. We've we've had a lot of discussion on the show about Cam Fleming filling in, right, uh, for Tyron. So how dire is it? Did he was he a huge detriment to the team in last week's game? Did they give him much help? What was your assessment of all that? Yeah, that wasn't it wasn't a, an easy game for him. I mean, but you evaluate these offensive linemen on sixty five plays and. You know, they went into the game not feeling like that they were going to need to give him much help initially. That's kind of what the game plan was. And then, you know, he had a couple of those uh, plays where, you know, like, oh, geez, here we go kind of a thing. And, you know, he's not strong enough. He's uh, at times he's, uh, you know, he blocks in a way that is it's, you know, it's numbing to the way he blocks because he, he just like, OK, you're going to have to run over me to get to the quarterback and. We've seen defensive ends do that to him, you know, and, and that's that's a little bit scary, especially with, you know, with Dak Prescott. And, you know, Dak's able to move in the pocket and do things to kind of avoid those things. But, yeah, I mean, you know, having Tyron Smith in there, it's just so much more comforting to Dak and what they can do offensively. But I, I feel like that Cam, they're, you know, they're going to have to find a way to, to help him more than what they did. I just don't feel like you could start this game – if he's playing again, he he might be now. Guys, at twelve forty-five today, we'll know if Tyron Smith is playing in this football game. When they get done with practice, they'll have an idea what his situation is and whether he can go. Now, if he if he can go, then that means Cam Fleming now goes to the right tackle, and then so now it's a whole different uh, set of circumstances. There, it's like some of the protection that you thought you could help him with on the left side, you now have to think about moving on the right side. And, you know, Greg Williams is the defensive coordinator for the Jets. He likes to blitz. He likes to twist his front. So he's going to put pressure on this line. He's going to put pressure on these running backs. He's going to put pressure on Zeke and Pollard to be able to blitz pickup and sort all that stuff out. So, you know, having Cam Fleming in there who, you know, is sometimes is just not as athletic as you need him to be, uh, that has to be a big concern. All right, I want to ask you about uh, something we've kind of visited with a little bit and uh, with you about and something Skin was talking about, and it's got me worried, probably unnecessarily so, but I need a football guy to straighten this out, and that is just the the Cowboys' uh, defensive line technique where they just try as hard as they can to get up the field immediately. And yeah. Skin was talking about how their teams are kind of using that against them, and I mean, is this something I should be worried about? Is it easy to fix? Do you just not do that on every play and try to get upfield? How are you looking at that? That's what they are, and it's. I'm sorry, that's the that's the best answer I could give you. That's that's Rod Marinelli's idea is to attack gaps. Now, if you attack gaps, then you have to be able to play the linebackers in the gaps. You're opposite of the ones you're attacking. So that's why you hear the word fit and finish so much with this defense because. If you've got a guy playing as a three technique and he's responsible for that B gap and his job is to go up the field as fast as he can to get through that B gap, then you have to have a linebacker sitting there in the A gap to take care of that, you know, or you have to have a down safety ready to play in the, you know, play in the C gap at that outside gap. I mean, so the biggest problems they have is, yeah, you can get washed when you're playing that way. But you also have to have the ability to fit. And they've had a, a, a big, big problem with their fits in some of these games where teams, when they, when teams have been able to run the football on them, and it especially happened in the Packers game, when you have a guy charging a, a B gap and then all of a sudden nobody's there in the A gap because he is, uh, he's tried to make a, a hero play and instead of playing his assignment, 
And I'm talking about Jalen Smith a little bit here because Jalen Smith is one of those guys that can make a play off instinct. And Leighton Vanderish can make a play off instinct too. But if you guess, you better guess right. You better go make that play because if you do get blocked, then you're going to have uh, you're going to have issues there. You're going to have uh, spacing problems. You're going to have gap integrity problems, and you're going to have a ball going right through that gap. So, yeah, that's something that uh, you know that that they're not going to change scheme wise because you know this is not a two gap scheme where you you go into your man and you, like in three four where you go into your man and then look to your left, look to your right, and then make the play. This is about attacking gaps, but they also need the linebackers and others to be able to fit the other gaps that they're attacking. Do we have a Randall Cobb problem, Broadus? Uh, back was a little bit banged up uh, yesterday, tightened up. He went to the ground on a drill, and it kind of tightened up. He wasn't at practice today, if I'm reading tweets right, because uh, we were doing our show. So, uh, you know, I don't feel like that it's something that they were – uh, really concerned about, but the fact that he didn't is not practicing right now. I think they need to be a little bit more concerned about. Okay, talking to Brian Broaddus here on the Ben and Skin Show, one hundred five three, the Fan, uh, and kind of hearing some of Dak's comments and and uh, you know talking about the run game. I look at the Jets' numbers and they have pretty good run defense. Yeah, but then you look at their offense and those numbers are atrocious, last in the league in several categories. Is Sam Darnold enough to give them? a seismic leap on their offense to move them like maybe to 20th or 19th, or is is this just a disaster for the Jets all the way around? Well, their offensive line is really bad, and that's been the biggest problems, you know, and I, I feel like that the Cowboys' defensive ends can take advantage of this in this game. Kelvin Beecham, their, uh, their left tackle, really, really struggles when the inside rush. I see Quinn pounding that outside, you know, two, three times in a row and then working back underneath. Darnold will get rid of the football quickly, though. He, you know, he's not going to be like – you know, Falk and those guys where they've had some, you know, holding the football and, and giving up a bunch of sacks. The problem when you play against Arnold, though, is the fact that he will find guys to throw the football to. And this is where I worry about Jamison Crowder in this game. The first game of the season, Jamison Crowder was targeted 17 times, had 14 receptions. Again, the yardage wasn't huge, but we know Jamison Crowder from the Washington Redskins days of his stop-start quickness. You throw him the ball underneath, and then he's on the go. You know, Anthony Brown has had some problems in coverage, and that's why, you know, Jordan Lewis has to be ready to go because if you get Anthony Brown in this game and all of a sudden he's getting a bunch of defensive holding penalties because he can't keep up with Crowder, then that's going to be some problems as well. But if you go back and watch the Buffalo game when uh, Darnold played and Crowder were together – you know, they kind of wore the Bills out underneath, and I worry about that a little bit too. I worry about them with, the, uh, with their ability to throw the football uh, to Le'Veon Bell. Now, again, that's going to be can they run the football with Le'Veon Bell? I think they're going to try. I think you're going to see uh, Adam Gase try and run some of the plays that, uh, that the Packers had run. Maybe some people have had a little bit more success running the football, and he's going to kind of go to those plays and try and see if he can get Bell going. But they really haven't done anything on the offensive line. But this quarterback will make a difference because I think he'll get rid of the ball a little bit quicker and make a little bit quicker decision on where he needs to go with it. Another basic football one-on-one question for you here relative to the Cowboys scheme. Uh, You broke down the Anthony Brown pass interference with uh, Geronimo Allison in the Packers game. And he just never turned around. And then when the ball was underthrown, it it was an easy call. Uh, but you'll hear people screaming at their TVs all weekend going, hey, if the Cowboys aren't trained, their defensive backs aren't told to turn around. That's yeah. why they don't get interceptions. 
Let's set the record straight here and and what their technique is and are they supposed to be turning around? Well, talking to Chris Richard, I mean, they they play. There's times where you do see them get their heads around and other times you don't. And that was a particular situation where Brown got caught not looking for the football. But, yeah, they teach eyes up, hands up, go up. That's kind of their technique and where they, they teach their defensive backs to play. It's more about reactions than it is. They feel like when they turn that they can get out of position that way. So if you, if you play them face up and then react to the hands going up, they felt like that that's a much better way to play the ball in the air. Well, they've had some struggles with that. But I think the interference call was a lot because the ball was underthrown. You know, I think that Brown was in good position, but – you know, Allison slowed up, and then that made the contact to be a, a you know be a, a problem for the call or make the call. So, it's something that Chris Richard teaches. You know, eyes up, hands up, your hands go up too with them. That's something that the, the that they they teach here. Great stuff, Broadus. We always love it, man. Appreciate it, boys. Take care. There he goes at Brian Broadus, DallasCowboys dot com. Uh, great, great contributor to the station and doing awesome work over there. Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. We'll get back into the other remaining NFL games at 1240, but before that, we'll find out everything that's going on on the injury front with Mickey Spagnola next right here on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, joining us now on the Ben and Skin Show, thanks to our friends at Ford. Ford is the best in Texas. It is the great Mickey Spagnola. And Mickey... A lot of concern here uh, in the Cowboy Nation about Cam Fleming being on the field. Chaz Green memories flooding everyone's memory. <laughs> so uh, how concerning is this? Is Cam Fleming going to end up being on the field? I believe he will. I don't think Lael Collins uh, will get back in time for this one. I think he needs another week or two with the sprained knee suffered uh, this past game. Uh, so I think that the way they're leaning, at least this way, and I don't know if they'll change their mind, but if Tyron Smith can go and play left tackle, then I think Cam Fleming uh, plays the right tackle where it should be maybe a little easier to give him help there uh, than on the left side just because most teams are right-handed and they can put a tight end over there. And if you don't fall behind like they did early in the game against the Packers, you know, they started off with, a lot of two tight end formations and they had to get out of it uh, because they had to end up throwing the ball and they needed more wide receivers on the field so if they can just get off to a good start you can go with two tight ends and put one on one side one on the other and and help out cam fleming because yeah you're right you know you should be worried if he's on the field okay uh not injury related but is there any aspect of this game that worries you the the part that would worry me is if you look at their gosh their losses going back to last year the majority of them including last week is they have had trouble stopping the run uh and Le'Veon Bell I don't care you know what kind of offensive line they have he's still pretty good and he's still pretty good in space if you throw him the ball so I think that would be the thing that concerns me the most that they have to figure out how to take care of their run defense against some of these teams that do run the ball uh, fairly well. You know, we didn't expect the Packers to do that. You figured, 
you know, Aaron Rodgers was going to beat you, not Aaron Jones, uh, but he did. Uh, made life tough on him. So that would be the aspect that I worry about the most from a personnel standpoint. And just the fact you're on the road and you never know what's going to happen, especially against teams that are struggling. I mean, you know, if it wasn't for a punt block return for a touchdown last night, the Giants and the Patriots would have been 14-14 at halftime. So that should be a lesson for everybody that nothing's easy in this league. Uh, talking to Mickey Spagnuolo, the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan, brought to you by Ford. Ford is the best in Texas. Uh, Kellen Moore speaking to the media yesterday. Were you were you there for all that? I was uh, listening to Chris Richard. I heard some of what he had okay. to say, so I'm not sure where you're going. Okay, so basically what had happened is we had Travis Frederick on after the Saints game, and he thought they were – I don't want to par- – I'm going to paraphrase here, but let's say he knew – he thought they knew what was coming. Like maybe they had stolen signals or knew what was happening – well, then you had somebody on the Saints team was talking, saying, yeah, we, we went back and we studied what Kellen Moore was doing at Boise State, and we were able to f- track some of the things he was, hand signals he was using. Yesterday, Kellen Moore, talking to the media, called all of that clickbait and just kind of blew it off. But isn't there – I mean, Travis wasn't specifically talking about Kellen Moore's hand signals, but he thought that they were kind of keyed in and that maybe there was a tell. And so what do you make of all that? Yeah, uh, Dak kind of blew it off too. Said he hoped that they would they they had been studying his signals at Mississippi State. So <laughs> I can't imagine that they he was using the same hand signals that the coach sent in plays to him at Boise State. I mean, you you come in, you take over an offense. I don't know that you change all the hand signals, right? Because the guys know. The, the previous ones, and I'm sure that you don't keep the same ones from year to year. Look, all I know is, uh, you know, the spoils go to the victor. So you can say what you want, and everybody believes it. And, you know, sometimes it gets exaggerated. I mean, I could remember, uh, what was it, last year, two years ago, when the Eagles accused Sean Lee of stealing their signals. And little did they know he's here to seven, eight o'clock at night studying tape, mm-hmm. and he was just diagnosing what they were getting to do, what they were getting ready to do, the way he lined up. So, yeah, I, I think a lot of that stuff gets exaggerated a lot. I wanted to be them stealing hand signals. I don't want them to have already <laughs> known tendencies, you know, four games into the year. Right. I don't like that idea. I want it to be a simple fix. Well, when your offensive line is getting whooped the way the Saints whooped them then, yeah, then you can say, oh, yeah, we knew what they were doing. Uh, I don't know. That that just sounds fishy to me. Do you think, uh, Mickey, as we've talked so much about run defense and all these kinds of things, how would you, through five games, grade these linebackers? Also, let's put it on a scale. How much better do you think they can be than they Oh, can? I think they can be a lot better. You know, we were talking about uh, things that have surprised us uh, this year on our podcast just uh, about an hour ago. And I said the one thing that surprised me so far was that the linebackers haven't made more splash plays, more game-changing plays. Now, they lead the team in tackles. The, the Leighton Vanderish and Jalen Smith, they're the top two guys with tackles. But we haven't seen those, those game-changing plays from them uh, yet. And I, for whatever reason, uh, I don't know, um, but normally – you know, when you saw Sean Lee make those plays, it was because he anticipated what was coming uh, before it came. And, and and I don't know if these guys are diagnosing things as well as Sean Lee 
uh, used to when he was out there. Because certainly, you know, if you look at his athletic ability, I mean, it was good, but it wasn't great. But his preparation was so good. And I'm not saying these guys aren't preparing. I, I'm just saying that I, I, I just haven't seen them seem to anticipate what was going to happen before it's happened. And that's when you make those types of plays. And that's the thing that I think has surprised me about them uh, so far. Awesome stuff, Mick. Appreciate your time. Okay. See you guys. There See you, goes homie. Mickey Spagnola. See you. All right. Hey, you got a chance to win $1,000 just by listening. And how about right now? To, I'm in. Nah, it's probably not. Dude, I was about to text him. No, nah, let's not do it right now. But you will have a chance at some point here. Let's see. It's uh, 28 after in the next 32 minutes. You, If you can just okay. listen for the next 32 minutes, you'll have a chance to win $1,000. All right. I'm, right. I'm probably not going to be able to. I feel good about my chances. You'll have another chance in the 1 o'clock hour as well. Uh, we had Jerry Jones on the show earlier. We're going to go around the NFL Part 2 coming up, and then we'll get into more Jerry Cuts. But I did want to get into this. This is cut number one, Shippy. This is just Jerry's overall analysis. We talked about how, hey, the Cowboys and Cowboy fans were riding high after three weeks and just dominant, planning parades. And then after these last two weeks, the sky is falling. It's the end of the world. And we just wanted to know, hey, Jerry, how do you feel about the team right now and how should fans feel? Well, I, I think it's uh, uh, understandable. It's right of uh, uh, having high expectation. Uh, we feel good. This is a young team that we have, and it's actually for its youth, it's experienced. Uh, key players uh, on both sides of the ball have played in a lot of games, and so uh, uh, we really should expect better football, uh, and that is uh, not as many mistakes. Uh, we should, uh, uh, and, and that's critical because our defense is predicated on uh, everybody doing their job, figured, not figuratively speaking, but literally. And they need to get in the gap, uh, or if they, for whatever the reason, have been washed out of that gap, uh, then you've got to have a player right behind him that takes up the slack. Uh, we've got to be able to, those linebackers have got to be able to drop back and do some covering, and as well as step up there and help plug those gaps. That's almost too simplistic, but we can do that. We have the players that can do it, and they've been coached up in a way can do it over on offense. Uh, we all like the idea that we're opening it up, and it does and will create more running room for Zeke. And then we've got the, their defense, our opponents, in a dilemma. Well, uh, let's, let's don't uh, shoot ourselves in the foot and turn that ball over. You turn that ball over, and it completely washes away. Uh, the other good parts of what you're doing. The turnover is the number one stat, and we've lost it uh, the last two weeks. I don't expect us to continue to lose that battle. So he, he at the end there, he's harping on the turnovers, which he's been harping on the whole time. But the beginning part of that answer was real interesting to me, coming out of what Mickey just said. And this guy texts it in on the Autoflex Leasing Fantex, which we always encourage you to do, 877-881-1053. Sean Lee was, is a great linebacker that worked, works his butt off. These guys have been playing for two years. And so if we look at like, you know, we've been, all, we, we've been fixated on the health of the tackles, the run defense, the kicking game. And I think the Cowboys have been fixated on turnovers more than anything, but that's why I think the run defense thing can get better, whether it's good enough to where we feel like, Hey, that's not going to be the thing that runs this team into the ground. Like the Rams game in the playoffs did last year. But there's not enough credit given to how much the studying puts you in position to win. Think about those legendary stories of Ray Lewis having a whole theater in his house just to watch film. I mean, these guys that are 
just at it 24-7 are the ones that are in position to make plays. And I just don't think Smith and Van Der Esch are there yet, but I'm I'm convinced they can end up being there. I think that they're the, the kind of guys that will put in the hours to do it. Did you get the the sense in, in talking to Broadus, one of our listeners tweeted this, that uh, Broadus was saying that Jalen's guessing – Mm-hmm. And because uh, I saw, I, I was, I couldn't remember exactly how he worded it, so I don't want to put words in Broadus's mouth. But somebody responded to us on Twitter. Did you see that? Yeah, and they I, were like, "Hey, wait, Jalen's guessing. So if he guesses right, he has a splash play. If he guesses wrong, he gives up a big play." Yeah, um, and I don't want to put words in Broadus's mouth. Um, yeah. you know that's kind of the implication there. If you go back and look at some of these big plays that are run plays, almost every single one, Jalen's in the wrong spot. I think th- I think that's part of the problem. I think we're getting more bodies to the linebackers than we saw at the first half of last year, too. Mm-hmm. I think you combine those things. If you go back to the Colts game last year, mm-hmm. um, that's where this all kind of started. I saw a stat that they were eighty; they were giving up 87 yards per game, and then you go out to the Colts game, and since then it's jumped up to 124 yards per game. Now you can say, well, there's three big games last week, the Rams game in the playoffs and that Colts game that really make that average go up, but you've given up three more points since then. You've been giving up about a yard per carry more since then. Uh, my fear, that's the, that's my big issue with the team because that's the only thing from a long-term perspective that keeps popping up. Like turnovers, that was a two-game thing. I don't think that's going to be a thing. The two consistent things are getting turnovers, mm-hmm. which is like a six-year thing mm-hmm. or more, and then this run defense, which is just kind of keeps popping up like a thunderstorm every few weeks it's those real- are the big concerns because they're, they're consistently there have you guys thought about this at all and it's okay to throw something at my head and tell me i'm the old man i'm okay with that but have you guys noticed we're doing a lot of discussing about Jalen's play and as much as we're talking about his play there's that many endorsements out there for him right now do you ever think about that it's okay if I'm just being a dumbass. How he's endorsing things i see him everywhere i see him with every local contractor endorsing their product and uh, now the quality of now I'm wondering how you mean relative to the quality of his play because like for example like we were having those discussions with Dak right it's like mm-hmm. man Dak is taking on every endorsement mm-hmm. and you know okay so you're saying is his play suffering because he's spending so much time on endorsements I'm, and I'm not telling hey guys go get your money that's great mm-hmm. but as we're sitting here talking about guessing and being in the wrong spot it's an it's a it's not an it is not an indictment of Jalen Smith every person I would do the same thing. If I had suddenly gotten a $50 million contract or whatever and had all these endorsers line up, I would exhale. Every person in the world is likely going to exhale. You're a mm. different type of beast if you don't. Especially if two years ago you thought you might like, never play again. Like right. He's got endorsements too. You know, I mean, they all have a certain amount of They all have a certain amount, but man, I feel like, I feel like I'm watching a Jalen Smith channel when I turn on my television. I mean, he is everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. He's cashing in, and that's part of what he. That's why he gave such a team friendly deal. Uh-huh. He wanted to. He realizes the value of being a Dallas Cowboy and making all that money. I hadn't thought about that. Anytime I think about him not playing well, I always go back to his knee exploding. Right, and I'm like, well, he's not ever going to be the exact same guy he was, but he's going to be close to it, and that's good enough. That's kind of how I look at him. Is that crazy? No, uh, it's not crazy at all. I mean, I, I, I think. First of all, we're five games in this year, okay, mm-hmm. and they've they both had a great game against New Orleans. That's why last week was so confounding, is because they did they played well against New Orleans, and then that happened, and that's what was real frustrating. Frustrating, and maybe Green Bay just had a really good plan against them. 
it's hard to really know what the Jets are going to do. So it's hard to take that seriously. I just feel like I want to reassess everything after another big game. You go 0-3 in big games so far through your first seven, uh, I'm more I'm more uh, apt to freak out about it, I guess. And by the way, Broadus just hit us back. He said, hey, y'all aren't putting any words in my mouth. He's guessing. Okay, good. I want to yeah, right be super careful with that. So that's good to know. Okay. Yeah. All right, teams been, might be game planning for him to guess based yeah, off what they've seen. I just I just feel this. And look, we're I'm no scheme expert. But when the idea, when you just look at how many like little shuttle passes are used against this team or little screens and how effective they are, teams are going, all right, they're going to blow up the field. When that team blows up the field and your, your linemen immediately get up, your linebackers are the ones that have to make those plays in that situation. Yeah. And if you're out of position, you're toast. You are yeah. toast. Because to get back in position, you probably have to run through a guard. Like, you have to get out in front of the guard. And it's just a lot. Well, maybe of th- I need a safety to help me out and come make some more plays too. It's hey, everybody's got uh, everybody's got a say in this. It's the Ben and Skin Show, one hundred five three. The fan coming up next. Ben's going to guide us around the remaining NFL schedule. Is good. We'll chop it up next. Hey, we did part one at eleven o'clock. Let's get back to the rest of the games on the docket. We'll get right back into some Dallas Cowboys football and some Jerry Jones audio coming up momentarily. And then at one twenty, it's tell us what you're thinking. If you are wanting to be a sports talk radio show host today. We're going to give you that opportunity. We're going to open up the phone lines. You can call in and tell us anything you're thinking about. Whatever opinions you have, questions, whatever. Can you get the fourth? We're going to, oh, yes. Yeah. It's, if it's Texas OU, if you want to talk NFL, if you want to talk Mavs, Rangers, Stars, whatever you got, tell us what you're thinking. Tell us what you're thinking at 120. So be prepared to call in at 120. But right here, back to the NFL. Let's go to the next game on the docket. And that is, did we do. Uh, the Bengals at the Ravens? I believe that's the final noon game on the slate. That right. is actually my skin wade, sure shot, uh, fart, poop explosion game of the week. What? That's a bad game. You know, the, it is a bad game. Not the worst game, but it is a bad game. Uh, the Ravens, again, formerly a very proud defensive unit, have allowed the most rushing touchdowns in the league. All you need to get back on track is to face that Cincinnati Bengals offensive line, Ben. Uh, bad team. But I'll say this. The Ravens need to prove a little more. Um, and I, Lamar's fun. And he's fun to have as a fantasy quarterback as well because he runs and gets you points that way as well. We threw three interceptions last week. There was a play, though, in which he uh, ran into a camera lady on the sidelines. I saw so, that, um, yeah. I actually have the audio of Lamar talking about that. Would you like right. to hear yeah. that? Yes. Because they're human beings, too. You know, um, and I know we're we moving fast, you know, get physical out there on the field, and we come at full speed, and she's sitting down, you know, taking pictures. I know that kind of hurt it, so I had to make sure she was all right. Did you say anything to her? What did you say? No, I just rubbed her head because it looked like I hit her head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you see the picture that she got of the play? Yeah, the stiff arm. It was her with the picture. I just told her it was a great shot. I actually DM'd her and asked was she okay, you know, and I told her that was a great pick. Um, yeah. Is she doing okay? Yeah, she told me she was fine. Yeah. What a it, good dude. It bothers me because this happens a lot where you see uh, a player on the sideline, and I know they're caught up in the moment, and there's a lot of violence that they play with, but you see these people get hit on the sidelines because mm-hmm. there's so many people on the sidelines. I know that kind of hurts. And they just run past him. Well, can you just knock the guy over? At least just kind of like pat him on the butt and say, hey, you all right, man? Like a lot of times they just run right by him. That uh, So you'll notice, uh, in fact, it happened during the Mavs scrimmage practice at the AAC. Doncic always stops down every time he plows yeah. through it. And those, man, those dudes on the baseline are in a bad yeah. position because they have a camera to their eyeball and then a human's on top of them. 
Guys, let's move on to the next game. Falcons at Cardinals. And listen, I would never use this really stage and forum to bitch about my own fantasy team. Oh, hell. Oh, here we go. But Devontae Freeman, you suck. You are beyond suck. How I ended up with you on my damn team is a curse, and I'd like to find a uh, DeLorean with a flux capacitor, go back in time, and reverse that. You are terrible. He's 26th. Uh, according to Pro Football Focus, an elusive rating out of 30 qualifiers. So he doesn't miss anybody. If you get near him, you tackle him. He has one game with 30 rushing yards or more, even though he's carried the ball at least 11 times in four or five. If you had taken the time to subscribe to my digital fantasy pamphlet, you would have known I had him as the last draftable running back. There he was, sucks. There's no way you should have drafted him. And he should be a blocking fullback. Uh, he is terrible, and he's ruining my life. Uh, <laughs> Kyler Murray, on the other hand, though, Ben, yep. he is the first player in NFL history to have more than 1,300 passing yards and 200 rushing yards in his first five games of his career. Um, so he's averaging 265 passing yards a game, 40 rushing yards per game. He's not running unless he has to, so he's not getting killed like I kind of thought he would. Like, I thought he would – like be forced to run way more than he has little he's guy really can kinda, get down he's, he's really kind of doing it when he needs to at the yeah. end of games and things like that and I, I think that's a smart way to use him in a first year where they're not going to make the playoffs and they're going nowhere i'd be i'd be so pumped if they got a win over the falcons and, and improved to two and three yeah i love seeing um, the falcons fail too. And stay in the mix um this is going to be a fun game i believe because neither of these defenses are good and uh, both of these offensive lines suck so this could be kind of fun. Could be a little action in this game, man. Right. Uh, I just want to hit this because ever since KT planted in my my dome piece, I've been thinking about it nonstop. I just pulled up and looked at the Geno Atkins contract mm-hmm. as Cincinnati's about to be what zero and six. Isn't that what they're going to be there? Yeah. So if they're willing to give up, I mean, you're talking about a their dead cap hit this year for the Bengals would be 14.2 and then 7.8 next year, but all of that bonus accelerates to them. Would you guys be okay paying Geno Atkins 11, 11.7, and 12.9, but you can cut him at one of those years? How old is he? 31. I don't want him for more than – that's why I'm more interested in McCoy or Sue because they're one-year guys. Yeah. They're one-year guys who will be free agents next year. I I think Carolina is going to stay in that division. I don't think Tampa will. I think Tampa falls back and Carolina stays in. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I just think that Atkins is so gettable, and he's got such a big contract. I don't think you have uh, to give up much. Uh, according to uh, according to the internet, he is still playing at a very high level. He's gentlemen. a badass, but see, they absorb all the cap hit for the signing bonus. A high level, Ben? Like you're saying, he's getting freaky with it. I'm saying he's getting left freaky with it. Now, what does that mean, Booger? Explain that. I e getting freaky with see, it. See what he's saying is he's saying that he's just good at it. <laughs> he, get, he got into that. He's like, I probably shouldn't explain what getting freaky is to these people. I've never felt so dumb than the crap I just said. I take it all back. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'd i be okay with that if it wasn't a huge resource. Again, for me, I, I want the defensive tackle. I want to go get a guy that can help this just S show that's happening. Right. I just can't afford to give up a high asset like a high draft round pick uh because let's break down with america what get freaky with it means it <laughs> means whatever play you're making continue to make it at a high level huh? i.e get freaky with it God. i don't think that's it that, God, surely God. that knocked them off the air so i don't want to you you need those draft picks you're about to have such a top heavy payroll so if you could give up like a fifth round pick 
I think I would. I mean, it's a lot of money, but I'd give up a third for. I ain't him. about that money. Yeah, him. I know. Yeah. I want this money, money disappearing after this year, and that's where Gerald McCoy and uh, and Sue come into play. You can get some of this money. All right, let's move on to the next game on the docket. The San Francisco 49s go to L.A. to play the Rams. Oh, by the way, Jimmy Garoppolo's throwing a touchdown and 11 straight games, the longest active streak in the league in your face, Kevin. Yeah, dude. I didn't say anything. <laughs> what did um, I say about him? What have I said about him? This is you're, the, not a, you're not a Garoppolo guy because of his choice of actress. He likes big porn. That's. I thought his focus was elsewhere. <laughs> That's all I said. So uh, he signs that contract and then immediately takes porn stars out every night. So um, this is the game where the Niners, this is the real uh, test because they haven't really played anybody, depending on how you feel about Cleveland. Is this a game, too, where you also end up asking, are the Rams that hot? Yeah. Because if they lose and go to 3-3, and I don't know if you can claw back in that division with Seattle and San Francisco. Especially losing a home game to the Niners. Uh, That's in L.A., right? Yeah. Yeah. You you look at their kind of look at the quarterback matchup, Goff and Garoppolo. You know, kind of similar numbers for. I mean, Garoppolo's keeping up with Goff and kind of proving he's worth the money, I guess. So, I was but say this he is their got first test, too. man. This is their first test of the year, San Francisco. It's their first real game of the year. Mm-hmm. Let's kind of let's kind of see. You know, I'm just not I'm not ready to say they're the team to beat in the NFC or. or I'm just not. I don't think they're better than the Cowboys. Who the Niners? Yeah. No, they're not better than Seattle. Yeah. All right. So take that. By the way. But they play the Rams, who beat us in the playoffs, and I still think are better than us. The Niners have a log jam in their backfield. Uh, now that uh, Tevin Coleman is fully healthy, it's going to be a job share between him and Brita, and Mostert's going to get some carries as well. God, Mostert. I love Tevin Coleman when he was job sharing with Devontae Freeman, Ben. You should go back to those days. Yeah. Good God, Devontae Freeman. Don't worry about Devontae, man. You'll be all right. Oh, by the way, the Rams have thrown 117 <laughs> passes in the last two weeks. Think about that. 117. Hey, Jeez. don't just blow by that great sports point Kevin just what made. What did he say? Pretty good. You're going to be all right? Can you He's hit that be again? Right? You haven't dropped that yet? <laughs> don't worry about Devontae, man. You'll be all right. Um, so do the weapons on the outside, like I'm thinking about uh, San Francisco. Here's where I think they need to add if they can go dabble Maybe AJ Green, maybe Stephon Diggs, because what they're where they're effective is George Kittle's incredible, as we know. Mm-hmm. Debo Samuel, the rookie from South Carolina, has been great. It's like a slot player. But who's like the outside guy? Marquise Goodwin's okay player. Like who's the guy who's going to go win on the outside? The Cowboys have that. The Rams have that. The Saints have that. Goodwin can Seattle do that. Goodwin's that. a speedster. He's good. Too short. He's good. It's cool that he's too short in but Oakland. If they added another player to that mix, especially since they don't have a dynamic running back. They're able to add another player to that mix on the on the trade. I mean, all these wide receivers are they're up for grabs. AJ Green, you can go get if you want him. Uh, and I, I know people don't want his ankle. Yeah, but, but I'm uh, not ready. To, I don't think you can get Diggs, bro. I think you can. If they beat the Eagles, that's coming off the board. I don't think so. I think so. All right. All right. Next game, <laughs> Titans. A good debate. A lot of great points. I think so. I don't. I do. I don't. You don't. That was not I choppy do. that was doing that. Uh, Titans at Broncos. Yeah. This is the All game. Right. America's of game of the week. This is this has a potential. Oh, my 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 fun game. My KT fun tweets. Fun game of the week is 49ers Rams. Sure. Okay, um, that's good. Uh, and it's also that is going to be the uh, Dick and Stink show. Dick Stockton and Mark Schlereth. Yeah. Is Joy and Troer. <laughs> 
Joy and Tro, uh, J- Joe and Troy. What? <laughs> Joy and Tro are taking the day off. Tro. Joy and Tro. Joe and Troy. Uh, they got Cody old. Parkey. Welcome back to the NFL. The Tennessee Titans Thanks. missed four field goals last week. You thought we had a kicker problem. We'll see how Cody Parkey does. Now, he was bragging, saying that he's been staying in shape and playing golf every day with his smoking hot wife in Jupiter, Florida. <laughs> and then he gets picked up after they gave up on Santos. How will he fare? Where's this game at, Ben? I think it's in oh, a neutral this site. This game is in Denver. I, in a, okay, ben, he's got the altitude. That game's in Denver, Woo-hoo. Kevin. I predict that this Good is morning, the, Ben. I Thank predict you. that yep, this yep, is yep. the game that politicians will most likely point to as the as the NFL is failing, and they will hold this <laughs> game up as the reason. All right, one more game. I Steelers game. at Chargers. Uh, Roethlisberger's out. Mason Rudolph's out after that nasty concussion. That means Delvin Hodges I is going to make his first start. It's going to be against the uh, Chargers, as I said, and the Chargers are missing Mike Pouncey uh, with his neck injury. He's been placed on the IR. Uh, Russell Okung, blood clots, is out as well, and it was already a terrible offensive line. God, this game may be more unwatchable than the Titans-Broncos game. How many more playoff appearances will Phillip Rivers have? Is it over or under the amount of uh, daughters that he will have in the future? Oh, God, under. Lord have mercy. Yeah, way under. His Guys. wife is always pregnant. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.